It's episode 33 of the Here to Thrive podcast, and today I am talking to you about the spiritual practices that keep me centered. These are the things I do in my life, and I hope that this episode will give you a little bit more insight into me and what I'm like day to day as a person. I'll be pretty honest and personal in this one, so if you're at all fascinated by me behind the scenes, this should be a good listen. I'm hoping that these simple things that I do are also the types of things that you can apply to your own life, and I don't see these habits as particularly burdensome, but they really do help keep me centered. They're the points I come back to and kind of hold on to when I need to feel more grounded. This podcast will also demonstrate to you that a spiritual practice doesn't need to be necessarily woo-woo crazy out there. It by all means can be, but it doesn't have to be. So let's get on with the show. Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. The spiritual practices that keep me grounded. I think spiritual means different things to different people. To me, it used to mean religion or otherwise very much on the other end of the spectrum, the new age type ideals. What I recognize now is that spirituality for me is a deeper connection with myself and through that deeper connection with myself I feel connected to a higher power. Now personally I don't really define that higher power. For me it's more experiential. I feel that connection. You really have to experience that for yourself to understand how amazing knowing that there is something more than yourself can feel. For me, it's incredibly reassuring. But how do I experience that? And I think that's what this podcast is about today. I'm going to talk through three simple things that I do The first two I do on a daily basis to keep me grounded and centered. And the third one I do when I feel like I need to tap into a higher level of guidance or wisdom because I have a question or am feeling uncertain about something or simply just want some reassurance that I'm not alone in this game. I'd love to hear about what you do for your spiritual practices. So if you want to come and join me to continue the conversation in the Here to Thrive Facebook group, that would be great. If you're not in there already, it's www.thrive.how forward slash Facebook, and you will find a link to join me in there. But the first thing I do, which I'm sure will come as no surprise, 
because it's what a lot of very spiritual people do, and that is I meditate. Now, I can remember a number of years ago where I was kind of interested in meditation, but the idea of it was just so overwhelming. I had no idea how to start. I think I mentioned in one of my earlier podcasts that I had a book literally called Hurry Up and Meditate, which is just so perfect when you understand my personality. I can be incredibly impatient and I want everything done yesterday. And my journey with meditation was no different. So I started up with this book, Hurry Up and Meditate, to try and learn how do we even sit in silence? This was literally about 10 years ago. I read the book, but I failed at the meditation. I was like a boat without an anchor. My head just went crazy on me. What I now realize is that that doesn't mean you're failing at meditation. I do my best to meditate every evening. And by every, I mean five nights a week and a little slack in the weekends. But I do my best to meditate every evening. And when I do that, there is a noticeable difference in my life. I feel much calmer, so much more grounded and centered and in tune with the higher part of myself. And by saying that, I mean the part of me that is positive, believes in myself and in the potential in the world as opposed to my sort of smaller or egoic mind, which tends to have panic attacks. My higher self or the part of me that I feel connected to when I meditate is so much more calm, content, and just feels in flow with the way the world is. But coming right back to how I do meditate, for me, it's an evening ritual. Now, that might just sound like a crazy thing to do at the end of the night before you go to bed, and I know most people meditate in the morning, but I'm a night owl. I'm pretty much next to useless in the mornings, and it's like it takes me hours to really get going. You kind of describe me a little bit like a sloth. But the other thing is I have two small children, And if I don't get up before them, there is not a chance I can meditate properly while they're awake. I've tried it before. I have been known to give them an iPad and run off into the other room and try and get 10 minutes just to do my morning meditation. I literally did it once and I couldn't turn off my crazy mind. I was like, where are they? Are they okay? Are they still watching the iPad? It was just not conducive to me. So my first tip around if you're interested in meditating or adding this to your routine is to work out when is the right time for you to do it. It doesn't have to be the morning. The next thing is I created a sacred little space that happens to also be in my workspace. This entire room right here where I'm recording my podcast is like a little sanctuary to me. In fact, tomorrow I'm Instagram stories, I might have to do a little round of my office so you can see see what it's like. I'll try and put a picture in the Facebook group too. But it is my sanctuary. I have what some might call an altar, but it's really just for me a little bookshelf where I have a salt lamp 
that I focus on before I close my eyes in my meditation. So I do sit on the floor. I have a little meditation pillow, which is great, actually. Let me just check the name of it because it is really good. All right, I'm back. So my meditation pillow is from Seat of the Soul and I got it on Amazon. So a little shout out to them. I love that little meditation pillow. And I sit on that and close my eyes for, I do 12 minutes most evenings, but sometimes I'm craving more, so I'll do more. But I set myself up for 12 minutes and I start with deep breathing and close my eyes before I open them 12 minutes later. I have my iPhone set on chimes. If you're looking for something that's not too invasive to bring you out of your meditation and I just set my timer on my iPhone to let me know when my time is done. I also use the Headspace app and if you've never done any form of meditation before, I really believe in this app. It is what really helped me get a rhythm with meditation only a couple of years ago. You can download that in the app store and the first 10 days are free if you want to give it a go. The beautiful thing about Headspace is Andy really talks you through how to do it. It's like he holds your hand and holds the space for you to meditate. There's more guided meditation in the first early sessions and then as you go on with him he leaves more sort of blank space in between so it is a really beautiful introduction now I'm not affiliated with them in any way that is just an honest take from me I'll put the links in the show notes for Seat of the Soul and Headspace so you can find them should you want to after today And they'll also be over at my website at www.thrive.how forward slash podcast number 33. So podcast 33. Another quick note about meditation. You don't have to sit in lotus position on the floor. Sometimes I lie down. My back isn't the strongest and I really need to work on that, but I do have lower back issues. And so sometimes I really feel like sitting there is a little bit too much for me. So I will lie on the ground and actually I put my meditation pillow under my head. I know that some meditation experts recommend against lying down as you might be more prone to falling asleep, but it works for me. You can also sit on a chair with your feet firmly on the ground. So I don't want you to think that because you're not wanting to sit on the floor in a lotus position doesn't mean that you shouldn't give meditating a go. You can make it work for you. Now, the reason I love meditation, I explained a little bit earlier how it makes me feel. That's part of it. But this dedicated little space of time that I put aside each night is purely about me connecting and recognizing that there is more to life than I can see or experience with my five senses. It's sort of a dedicated space in my day to acknowledge the divine in my life. It's also about getting a break from my thoughts. Now, my thoughts still do creep up on me and drive me crazy in my meditation. Don't you worry. But I've found that the longer I've done it, the more my mind 
is okay with every now and then giving me a little break. And that is completely refreshing. I would encourage you to persist. If you started meditation and given up before like I did, just keep going. Don't judge your mind, but just keep persisting. And you will get to that time where you notice those spaces in between your thoughts and they really do get bigger and bigger. And that is a beautiful, peaceful mind space to be in. Now, talking about recognizing the divine in my life, after I close my meditations, I then say a short little prayer. For me, this typically revolves around what I consider my purpose or mission in life, which is to help empower others to recognize their personal power and connect with the divine part within themselves. One of my favorite prayers is from A Course in Miracles, and you may have heard it before, but I will often just, closing my meditation, put my hands together and say, where would you have me go? What would you have me do? What would you have me say? And to whom? It's my little acknowledgement that I see myself as being kind of like a conduit for which light can come into the world. I see it as my job to help make this world brighter. I truly believe that God, the universe, whatever you want to call it, works through us and that it's my responsibility to show up and be good and do good and shine light into this world so that we can all have a little bit of a brighter existence. That's my mission. You might have a different one, and that is absolutely fine. And I promise you, some days my prayer is simply, can you help me work out my head? Or please help me understand the next right step. But I do try to, as much as I can, use my prayer space as a thank you. And that's it. I really see this as my prayer as being an extension of gratitude in my life. So if the first point was that I meditate, the second one is around gratitude. And I see my prayer as being a part of that. Gratitude, gratitude, gratitude. If you do nothing else to keep yourself centered and put yourself kind of into an upward spiral in terms of the vibe that you're living with, gratitude is it. It was where I started with my spiritual practice. And some of you may not see this as spiritual, but for me it really is. And it doesn't need to be. If you're not a spiritual person, gratitude doesn't need to be spiritual, but it can be. And so for me, how do I practice it? You know, I tried the whole journal thing. I really did. But what I worked out is that was too hard basket for me. There was too many barriers to get me to actually do it. And so instead, I make it a habit that as I lay my head down on my pillow every evening, I just lie there for a moment and I think through three things that I am grateful for that have happened in the day. But this is the bit that I think is really important. I don't just think through and go, I'm really happy that my husband cooked dinner. It was really great that I didn't get wet today in that rain and that flower I saw was really beautiful and then think my job is done. 
I feel into my gratitude. I really sort of marinate in the joy because the thing is life kind of passes us by in the moment. And what I have found is that by doing this recap at the end of the day and saying, what was I grateful for today? That I'm really savoring those moments and reliving them to a point and making sure that they just don't go by unnoticed. Because a split second thought around a, about a flower can pass you by in a moment. But if you give yourself the space to bring that back to life in the evening, oh, you can get so much more joy out of it. And so that's what I do. I lie there and I think through three things I am grateful for. And it puts me in a really nice headspace to go to bed and sleep. And it really does energize my spirit, which is why I believe it is a spiritual practice. Now, the third thing I do, those are the two things I try to do pretty much daily. And those are the habits that I consider my spiritual habits that keep me grounded and centered. So I meditate and I practice gratitude. The third thing I do, which is less frequently, is I use soul writing. Now, I feel that my higher self is pretty good at communicating in words. I didn't start putting my messages out into the world through podcast form. I actually started via writing and blogs. So if you haven't visited my site yet, there's a bunch of blogs over there that you can read. And I've also written on a number of uh, bigger blog sites. So writing comes very naturally to me. At the end of all of my coaching sessions, I actually send each of my clients through a long written summary of the key points from our sessions, and they all say how much they appreciate that. And for me, it's just a really good way to make sure I have my thoughts clear around the session as well as have communicated something that my clients can really come back to and see at a glance the important things that we discussed in the session. So writing is a theme in my life. But how do you soul write or how do I soul write? Now, I typically do this after I've meditated. I like to make sure I have created the headspace to really tap into that higher part of myself as opposed to having my chatty, busy, crazy mind sort of in the driver's seat. So I get myself calm and still and I make sure I meditate. After I close out my meditation, I then will go and grab a pen and sit down with a journal. I personally have one specific journal that I saw write in and I just free write with no judgment, no thought. I put a pen to paper and whatever random stuff seems to come out, I just let it flow. What's really interesting about this is when I'm tapped into that higher part of myself, or some might even call it sort of your spirit guides or a connection with angels or something outside of yourself, I find that I get very inspirational messages coming through. It is always reassuring. And I think that's one way to know if you are tapped into your soul voice, higher power, or if you believe in it, your spirit guides and support team, perhaps in spirit, that it is always kind, it is always reassuring, and it is always positive and loving. 
So if you were to do something like this and you're getting sort of harsh messages, there is a good chance that's actually coming from more of your sort of busy, egoic mind than perhaps your soul center. For me, I have to admit, when I do write, it doesn't even sound like my own language. It's not so much in the way that I would typically write, which is always a bit of a laugh for me. But I do this when I'm kind of craving a little reassurance, when I need a dose of inspiration, or when I really feel like I need to tap into my own inner wisdom. Now, I'm a huge believer that we have all the answers we seek. I don't believe that it is a good idea to go looking for spiritual healers, coaches, really anyone, (laughs) and ask them how you should run your life. The danger is they will plant thoughts in your head that are not your own. They aren't authentic. I see my job as a coach, as a facilitator. I work with people to pull out everything they already have inside of themselves and help them clarify what it is they want, where they're heading, and how to perhaps start moving forward. But I don't feel that I tell people exactly what to do. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not wishy-washy. I feel like I'm very in touch with my clients and know how to help guide them on that journey. But at the same time, I don't believe it's my job to give other people answers on how to run their lives. That comes from you. And this is one of the ways I tap into my own inner wisdom and ask myself when I'm confused, what do I need to do? Which way should I head? Where should I go? Now, there is an element of developing trust in yourself that needs to go along with this. I can't personally remember the first time I did some soul writing, but I do remember being like, whoa, where did that come from? And the reason I trusted it was because the messages were so loving and kind that there was nothing not to trust. It was just reassuring. Now, again, coming back to how specifically, like I said, it's about the free writing. You have to put your mind aside. And sometimes that can feel easier said than done. If it's not flowing naturally, I would encourage you just to stop and take the pressure off and keep trying until one day you feel like you get in a flow. So there's the third thing I do if and when I need to, and that is soul writing. But the message there is how important it is to trust your own inner wisdom rather than all of the noise outside of you. And oh my gosh, the world can be noisy. And it is so easy to have so many different ideas and thoughts bouncing around in your head. So this is one of the ways I really do bring myself back to my center and try and tune in to that higher part of myself and access my own inner wisdom. So those are the three spiritual practices that I do to keep me centered and grounded in life. They're my connection points. It's like my lifeline that recharges me and keeps me filled up at an inner level. 
Now, if you have questions or would l- I would love to hear what you do for your spiritual practices, please come over and join me in the Facebook group, www.thrive.how forward slash Facebook, and I will let you in there. And look out for the post that references this podcast, number 33, and there will be a thread there where we can all share and connect around this stuff because I'm sure you, my beautiful community of Thrivers, will have plenty of other great ideas about how you keep centered. Now, next week, I have got my own personal coach on the podcast, Shannon Kaiser. She's my business and writing coach and has been a huge part in me really staying on course with my own business and my writing. She was an insider into the launch of this podcast and was one of the people that helped motivate me to get it off the ground. If you're not familiar with Shannon, she's worth looking up. She is the best-selling author of the book Adventures for Your Soul. She's also written Find Your Happy and the amazing book Find Your Happy Daily Mantras. We talk about those as well as the new book she has coming out in next week's podcast, which is all about believing in your future self and reclaiming your power. It was a great conversation, so I'm looking forward to sharing that with you next week. Now, I've mentioned this before, but it's the bit that would mean the world to me. If you've been listening to Here to Thrive and are enjoying it, I would so appreciate if you could take a couple of minutes to go and pop some stars in the iTunes review tab. That's what matters to iTunes and helps me get the word out about the podcast. And if you've enjoyed this and think you know someone else that might too, I would love if you could share it with a friend. I'll be back next week like I am every Friday. And until then, take care of yourself and keep thriving.